Good to be in the house of God this morning, and I know that you're home, watching from home, but uh, I want to thank those that are here today, uh, working on the cameras and the PA system and just doing all the things necessary so that we can continue to have church online. This isn't the way that uh, we had hoped we'd be in church today, and I want to invite you back to in-person service next Sunday. We've got our chairs all scattered apart, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and um, we're, ready. we're ready for you to be here next Sunday. <clears throat> Bear with me if you would, please. I'm still trying to get my strength back. I also, before we begin the service here, the, the message, I want to thank uh, just the church family for all of your prayers. Last week, the week previous, was a very difficult week for me. I did get COVID, and um, the Friday, whatever Friday that was, I knew that um, something wasn't right. I went and got tested on Saturday and uh, wasn't here. We came back as, for an in-person service. We were under the tent for four months and uh, just did not feel, even though I didn't have the results of my test back yet, I knew I wasn't feeling well. And so I appreciate Pastor Chris preaching that Sunday when we were all back together in the church here. And uh, then by Tuesday, I got my test results back that uh, was positive. And uh, Tuesday really took a turn for the worse and was having some problems breathing, had a terrible cough, and uh, just could not feel like I just could not get any air into my lungs. I couldn't breathe, and uh, my oxygen levels were down. And so uh, I was advised that I needed to get to the emergency room. And once I got there, they found out I did have pneumonia. They were worried about some blood clots, potentially. And uh, so I spent from Tuesday evening through last Sunday evening in the hospital. And um, one thing I did like about it, that uh, every, every morning at 8.30, they brought breakfast right in front of me. And Monday, when I was home, I got up and I asked my wife, I said, where's the breakfast that I've had for the last six days? And needless to say, she showed me where the refrigerator was. She pointed to the kitchen and um, I appreciated those five or six days of breakfast in the hospital. Um, but I appreciate uh, my wife and all the care that she gave to us I appreciate our, our church. I got hundreds, <clears throat> excuse me, of text messages and um, uh, phone calls and emails and people calling the church. And when I got home from the hospital, it took me quite a while just to look through all the cards that our church family had given to me. And church, I just wanna thank you for that. Those uh, encouraged me. Um, if I didn't get back to you, uh, if you called me or text me, I apologize. Uh, I received so many. I did the best that I possibly could, um, but I received it. And I want you to know how thankful I am for you. And I praise God for you. I want you to pray, if you would, for a couple of church members. Janelle Nowak had surgery and she's recovering. I spoke to her this past week and um, it was a difficult surgery. So would you please continue to pray for her? Also, the, the Topol family, uh, they had a couple deaths in their family this week, and they really, they really need our prayers as well. And then I want you to diligently, if you would, please, church, pray for Doug Davison. Doug Davison, as you know, is going through procedure. He had um, cancer and um, is going through a procedure now. Uh, and I won't go through all the details. I, we posted it on our, our Facebook page for you to pray for him if you... Uh, want some more details, please go on that and find that post uh, last night. But he really needs our prayers. And um, 
I don't know if they've made the decision yet, but there was a potential they'd have to put him in ICU and care for him if things didn't improve. And so uh, would you just take some time today and every day this week and just pray with your family for Doug Davison. Doug's a faithful servant of the Lord and just desperately needs our prayers now. I know the family would appreciate that. Pray for Mary, his wife, and their children as well, if you would, please. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to the third epistle of John. The third epistle of John. John is, is um, writing these three epistles uh, toward the end of the New Testament. Now, I know what you're thinking. This is not the book of Acts, what happened. Well, a couple things. One is I've been preaching through the book of Acts for so long now. Um, I just wanted to mix things up this week and go to a different passage of scripture. I was sitting in my, laying in my hotel or my, <laughs> my uh, hospital bed for several days and um, my wife was able to get a Bible to me and so I was able to just read and study. I read a lot, um, obviously with so much time, I was able to just read through a lot came through to 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and I was really encouraged by these epistles. I was encouraged by what I read, and specifically when I got to 3rd John. So let's pick up reading in verse number one, if you would, with me. The elder, under the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth, that verse obviously caught my attention. Here's John writing to this, this man Gaius. This man Gaius was a, a follower of Christ, but it was one that John discipled. As he's writing to him, and you'll re, we'll read here in just a few moments, Gaius, <clears throat> excuse me, had a great testimony. He was a godly man. He walked with the Lord. He was doing great things for the Lord in the Lord's name in the church and outside the church. John loved Gaius greatly. And he said to Gaius, Gaius, I hope that you prosper in health. That's physical. I hope that you prosper um, physically as I hear that you are prospering spiritually. And that encouraged me, obviously, as I was laying in a hospital bed receiving text messages and receiving uh, phone calls and, and um, just people calling my wife and checking on me. Receiving those notes, it was people praying that your health would improve. And so when I saw that verse, I thought of our church. I thought of all those that are praying that uh, my health would prosper and get better. He says in verse number three, for I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou dost faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward of their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Because that for his name's sake, they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. In verse number eight, let's read this together. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers of the truth. That we might be fellow helpers of the truth. Let's bow in prayer. Father, 
I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for the love and the care that this church shows one to another. Lord, the many that uh, are facing difficulties, I just think of so many, the East Step family and Davison family, the Nowak family. Lord, so many, so many that are going through trials and they're encouraged by your people. They're encouraged by this church. Lord, I pray that you would heal those that need healing. I pray, Lord, that you would give peace and comfort to those that are struggling today. Lord, I pray for encouragement to those that are discouraged. Lord, those that are in need of financial help. And Lord, I guess my prayer is like John's prayer is that that our church would prosper, that they'd be in good health. And Lord, my prayer is that our church is healthy spiritually. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd meet with us. Holy Spirit of God, help us today. Even though we're not together face-to-face, Lord, we're united in heart as as a church body, as a family, wanting to hear from you. May we grow deeper in your word. May we grow deeper in prayer. May May we grow deeper in our relationship with you. Build your church, I pray. And I ask you this in Jesus' name, amen. John is writing Gaius, a believer that has a godly testimony in the church and even without the church. The Bible says here that John is commending Gaius for his testimony, for his love, his charity within the church and within strangers. Gaius is, is obviously one of those men that, that whoever met him knew they met a special man. Gaius was one of those men that if you met him in the community, you knew there was something different about this man. He treated people well. He often here, John describes him as a, a man of truth, following after truth. What a wonderful testimony that John has in his writing of this testimony as he's writing this third epistle. As I was laying in the hospital bed, as I was saying previously last week, I, I was just reading through John's epistle. As I came across and I read this one several times, the Lord just began to move in my heart. As I really just dug into this, these, this short one chapter book is filled with so much that can help us today. The Lord just began to move in my heart and he began to show me several things about the church and and about the importance of the church. We are in October, coming to the end of October. In church, 2020 has been a year we'll never forget. If you'll allow me, I, I don't think I have the strength to be long today and I promise you I won't be. But if you'll allow me just to share my heart with you today out of this epistle that John wrote, I understand that 2020 is just one of those years and the reality is it's not over yet. There's still a few months and a lot could happen in a few months. But it's been a difficult year. It's been a difficult year, not only because of COVID, I think of like the Davison family. It's a difficult year for them as they're praying for their husband and father as he's in the hospital. 
I think about other families that are just, just dealing with things this year that are heavy. It'll be a year that I never forget. I've never been in the hospital for six days in a row before. It'll be a year that I'll always, always remember. So much of our year, it's been affected by this virus. It's changed the norms. It's, it's made us rethink our schedules and plans. It's caused people not to do what they normally do. I've talked to people in our church. They have timeshares and they've said, you know, we, we just didn't go away to our timeshare this year just because of the virus. I've talked to people and we've talked about Thanksgiving and Christmas and I've talked to folks in our church that have just simply said, we're not going anywhere. We're just gonna stay home. This virus has affected our plans. It's, it's affected the norms. It's affected finances. It's affected our families. It's affected those that are going to school and how they do school in college and high school. It's affected our seniors this past spring in their graduation. It's caused deaths. I think of men like Gary Dodd who buried his wife because of COVID. I pray often for Artie Molino. I just think the times that she had to see her mother just through a window before she passed, those things will stick with us the rest of our life. 2020 has been a difficult year. For many, we've looked at 2020 and we see the hurt and we see the harm that this virus has caused. And this is how we're going to remember this year. We're going to remember 2020 if we're not careful for only the negative, only the hurt. We're going to remember this year because of the things that we lost or weren't able to do. And as far as a church, we've, we've met online. We... Seven months after this virus began, at seven months ago, we had our first service online like this. Seven months ago, seven months later, I'm standing in an empty auditorium speaking to you through a camera. We've met in cars. We've met under a tent in the heat. <laughs> We've met under the tent in the rain. We've met under the tent in beautiful weather. It's been beautiful the majority of the Sundays, but for four months, our church met differently than I pray we'll ever have to do again. We've met in the auditorium one time. I thought that yesterday. We've met in this auditorium on a Sunday one time as a church in seven months, and that was just two weeks ago. We've had to adjust classes. We've had to adjust Bible studies and we've had to adjust activities. Our midweek service, we gear up for Awana and youth group and we got geared up and had to take a couple weeks off here in October. And the list goes on. In this church is how we're going to remember 2020. I thought of John's life here, the apostle John. What caused me to really dig into this passage of scripture is as I was laying there in this hospital bed and thinking of all the losses and thinking of all of the negative and thinking of just at times 
wanting to be able to breathe. Praying for our church and not wanting to go back online, not wanting to cancel things, wanting to get through this, wanting so badly to get back to normal. Our church in the beginning of this year, we was healthy in every area. Starting Vision 2020, I mean, it was going to be an exciting year. And as I laid there this past week, I said to the Lord, I wish we could just get back to where that was. But church, the, the, the Lord reminded me, this is where he has us. Although 2020 might not be a great year as far as, as what we wanted it to be or thought it would be, this is still the Lord doing this in our church, in, in our life, and in our country. He's allowing this to happen. He's still in control. He's still on the throne. He's still in charge. And his ways are still perfect, even though we can't understand them. It caused me to think about this Apostle John. Now stay with me, please. The year Jesus was crucified, buried, resurrected, ascended into heaven, leaving the apostles without what, what, with what seemed like an unattainable goal, to take the gospel into every, every part of this world, take the gospel to a world of infected with sin, it had to have been a difficult year for the apostles. John knew what it was like to have a difficult season. He gives up his life. He, he walks away from his occupation, his family, to follow this man, Jesus of Nazareth, <clears throat> with no promise other than, I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't understand who this Jesus really was. But he chose to follow Jesus. And for those three and a half years or so, as he's following Jesus, he's watching Jesus do miracles. He's learning that Jesus is the Messiah. He's God. He's loving the Lord. He's walking with the Lord. <clears throat> and then this year comes that changes all of John's life. The, the one he was following was taken and was brutally beaten. John watched him as he was crucified there and gave up his life on the cross. As they wept, they took him to that empty tomb and placed him in that, that borrowed tomb. Seeming like, what is going on? They're gathered up in the upper room and they're, they're gathered there for fear of guards coming and taking and doing the same thing to them. Had they followed the right one? Is what Jesus said, is it true? Because right now it just seems things are awful. <coughs> it seems like the one that we put everything into is, he's dead. He's buried. And we don't know what to do now. I think of that, that year, that time for the Apostle John and, and the other apostles, those that were followers of Christ. 
and, and in that same season, that same time, Jesus is crucified, he's buried, he is resurrected. They're, they're trying to figure this all out. And Jesus, before he ascends back into heaven, as they stand there gazing at him going into heaven, he says, I, I want you to, to take, and I'm paraphrasing, but I, I want you to take the gospel, everything that you have learned my death, my burial, my resurrection, this ascension that you're going to see in just a moment, everything I taught you, the doctrine I taught you, the scripture I taught you, I want you to take that truth and I want you to take it into all the world. I want you to preach the gospel and I want you to baptize them and I want you to disciple them. I want you to take this truth that I've invested in you and give it thought about that. Everything changed that year. Everything in John's life that year changed. That could have been like we are this year. John could say, boy, everything had changed in whatever year that was. My life changed and, and people were killed that year and oh, the church grew, but boy, people like Stephen were, were murdered and, and uh, uh, the church was added to daily, but the church was scattered. I mean, there was so much that John could have said, that year was a difficult year for us. It changed everything. That year was so different that it changed everything that nothing was ever going to be the same again. And what did John do? He grew in prayer. What did the church do? They focused on God. They didn't focus on the negative. They didn't focus on fear. They didn't focus on what could be or what if. They kept their focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. They grew, the Bible says, in prayer. They grew in the word. They grew in faithfulness. These are all things that I pray that our church, that you as an individual, whether you're a member of this church or maybe you're watching uh, from a different state or maybe you're just looking at our church through online right now, wondering if this is the place for me. My prayer for you today is that you're growing, that you're not on the negative and not on the things that can't change and not on the what ifs or what, 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 what could have been, but you are allowing this year to be a year <coughs> of prayer of diligently seeking God in his word, of faithfulness. You see, the effects of that year caused the apostle to grow spiritually. He didn't quit. He didn't say it's too difficult to be an apostle. It's too hard. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. I'm going to go back to doing what I, what I was doing. It's, this is just too difficult. No, the effects of John that that, that that year had on John is John grew spiritually. John was going to do something that I'm sure previously he never thought he'd do. Let's write three epistles. John is going to be the great elder, the, a great leader in the church movement. My question to us today is how have the effects of this year caused you to change? How have the effects of this year caused you to change? Have it, has it caused you to worry? Has it caused you to fear? Has it caused you to panic? 
Has it caused you to, to, to become removed from the things of God? Or have the effects of this year caused you to grow deeper in prayer? Has the effects of this year, has it caused you to grow deeper into God's word? Has it caused your desire to serve Jesus to become greater than ever before? Because you see now the need is greater than ever before. Are you going to see the negatives of 2020 and withdraw? Are you going to see the negatives of 2020 and hide in fear? Will we allow God to use this to grow us in our walk with him? I want you to write this down someplace in your heart. The effects of our decisions will be seen long-term. I'm gonna focus back into 3 John here. The effects of our decisions will be seen long-term. Write that down in your heart. And church, don't forget this. What you do with today, with 2020, will have an effect in years to come. The decisions you're making today, they're going to affect tomorrow. How you respond to what God is doing in your life today in 2020 will, be there, will, will bear fruit in coming years. Our church is going to be something in 2021, and it's going to be what we are doing with this year, with what we're doing today. We're going to be a strong church, a church built upon the word, a church of prayer, a church of faithfulness, in 2021, or many churches, and I pray it's not ours, are going to try to figure out almost like a new startup, trying to gather people back, trying to help people that are just overcome by fear. Look with me again, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. You see, John had a year that was a difficult year. And because John responded properly to the crucifixion, to the, to the burial, to the resurrection, to the ascension, this is a, there's a, a Gaius now serving the Lord, walking in truth. Now, please don't miss this. Because John responded to periods of time in his life that were difficult, that were hard to understand that could have caused fear, that could have caused him to quit, that could have caused him to walk away. 
because John had one of those years, one of those times, one of those seasons, and he chose to remain faithful. He chose to, 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 to remain a man of prayer and grow deeper in prayer. He chose to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he was doing, not on fear and not on, on anxiety and not on difficulties, not on the negative. He was willing to focus on what God was doing in his life because of that, he's writing to a man named Gaius. Because of that, there is a man named Gaius that he says, you're serving the Lord and walking in truth. Gaius is a disciple of Jesus, but he was discipled by John. He was taught by John. He was a disciple following Jesus, but because John was obedient with the command that was given to him at the ascension to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them and discipling them because John, who could have given up on a rough year, who could have given up and said, I'm putting this aside. I've, I've, it's just been too difficult now. He trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. He trusted in his word. He trusted in what he was doing. He trusted in prayer. He trusted in God. And because of that, John goes out and is obedient. And there's a Gaius now that is walking in truth, that is serving the Lord. Because John remained faithful. See, this picture is in these first couple verses of this book. Look, look at this, this genuine, love-filled, godly relationship between John and Gaius. It's verse number two and verse number three. He said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy, thy soul prospereth. What, what, what encouragement this is. Oh, listen to me, church. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you. I'm begging you. I'm, 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 I'm preaching to you what Jesus said to the disciples. Yes, it's been a difficult year. You've, it's been a year of, of misunderstanding. It's been a, a year of fear. It's been a, a, a very hard year to understand everything. But keep following Jesus. And in doing so, keep investing in the lives of other people so they too can walk in truth. Encourage other people. Here John is encouraging Gaius. He's saying to him in verse number two, I, I love the, what I'm hearing and I'm praying, I'm hoping, I'm wishing that you prosper in good health like I'm hearing that you're prospering in your soul. Look in verse number four, he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. This wasn't a biological child to John. This is a, a spiritual child to John. Because John stayed faithful in difficult seasons, he's got one that he's investing in called Gaius. This is a relationship of encouragement. There's so much negative that we can talk about. But I want to ask you, church, look at the encouraging things, the things that you can encourage someone to continue in the things of God, continue in prayer, continue in the word. Take and find you a Gaius and encourage them to serve Jesus Christ. 
This is one of affection and care as he says in verse four, I've no greater joy that my children walk in truth. He's just so sensitive as he's speaking to them. This was formed because John endured difficult seasons and he kept his focus on what God was doing during these storms. Are we going through a storm? Yes. Are we going through a difficult season? Yes. Has 2020 been a, a horrible year for some? Yes. Has it been difficult for our church? Of course, it's, it's turned everything upside down, but it doesn't have to turn us upside down. This relationship was formed because John endured difficult seasons. He kept his focus on what God was doing during the storms. And oh church, I wanna encourage you today, keep your focus on what God is doing even during the storm. Don't put your focus on the storm. Don't put your focus on the things of this world. Don't put your focus on a virus. Don't put your focus on a government. Don't put your focus on a vaccine. Don't put your focus on the negative things that this is causing. Keep your focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, not the storm. Your relationships of tomorrow are formed in what you do with life today. John has a Gaius in his life that he can encourage that causes him joy. I have no greater joy, he says. John is receiving joy because of the life that Gaius is living. Because John stayed faithful during a storm. In your relationships of tomorrow are found in what you do with life today. Invest in others. John had great joy for today because of the investment he was making in Gaius's life previously. And now he can have joy. What investments are you making in people in 2020? What investments are you making in people that will cause you joy in years to come? What are you putting in to the work of God? What are you putting into the things of God? Who are you living for? What are you living for today in our storm? That will be your joy in years to come. You know, I see in 3 John, this epistle, John is writing to Agaius, who's giving John joy today because of how Gaius is responding to what he was taught. John was willing to take a storm he was living in, keep his focus on the Lord, be obedient to his word, become a man of prayer, become a man solid in the word. And because he was doing right at that moment, he had joy in the future. You want to know what 2021 is going to look like? What are you putting into today? Are you living in fear? You're living in hopelessness? You're discouraged? 
you've, you've taken a step away from serving. You've taken a step away from faithfulness. You've put life on hold. Are you investing in word? Are you growing in prayer? Are you remaining faithful? Are you investing in others? If you do that in the storm, they'll have joy after the storm. My time is gone. Our church can't take a break. And we have to do certain things. I don't believe the last two weeks our church has taken a break because we've been online. I know our staff hasn't. I know our deacons haven't. I know those that are here serving haven't. I know you haven't. Our church can't be put on hold. The things of God can't be set aside. Because there's Gaius's to reach. There's Gaius's to invest in. There's Gaius's that'll encourage us. Church, I'm asking you, grow deeper in prayer. I'm asking you, fathers and moms, Pray with your families like you've never prayed before. Let God be seen. I asked my younger one, my younger girls, I said, did you, did you miss me? I knew they were nervous when I was in the hospital. They were afraid. Your dad's never been in the hospital before. Couldn't come and visit. It was a difficult thing for them. But I'm so glad they had a mom that knelt with them and prayed with them. I'm so glad that they had a mom that pointed them to Jesus. The, the house didn't go into disarray. The house didn't go into a mess. The, 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 the family didn't get thrown upside down. They had a parent that pointed him to Christ. It pointed him to prayer. It pointed them to God's word. And they saw God work. And they can look back now and say, great things hath God done. This year does not have to be a year that we just want to write off. Just get past, get through. This year should be a year that we can look back because of how we responded. And we can say, what? great things God has done. Stay faithful, church. Stay faithful.
There's a Gaius that's depending upon you. There's joy that will come as you stay faithful in the storm. There's joy. The sun's coming back up. Jesus Christ is coming for his bride. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. And your heavenly father is sitting on the throne. Father, help us. Encourage us. Strengthen us. May we remain faithful. John remained faithful in his storms. And now he's able to write to Gaius and be encouraged. Gaius is infect, uh, affecting the church and uh, affecting strangers with the love of Christ, with the truth. Because John stayed faithful in storms. So, Lord, I pray our children will stay faithful, our teenagers will stay faithful, our young adults will stay faithful. A young marriage will stay faithful. Middle-aged in our church would stay faithful. Seniors in our church, they'd stay faithful. Through this storm. And we'll see the effects and the joy that will come in the future. Because of your faithfulness. Bless our church. Heal those, Lord, that are suffering physically. Strengthen those, Lord, that need to be strengthened spiritually. And we love you and we thank you. We ask you to do this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We are grateful that you chose to be our guest today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, or if you have questions about some of the things that you heard today, we would love to hear from you. Through the Monclova Road app, you can fill out our Connect card and let us know about the decisions you made today. Once again, we would like to thank you for your generosity. Our church would not be able to reach our community without your faithful giving. If you would like to give to the church, you can give quickly and easily from anywhere through the app or at monclovabaptist.org. Or you can send your gift to 7819 Monclova Road, Box 15, Monclova, Ohio, 43542. Thanks again for being part of our service today. We hope to see you next Sunday morning online at 930 or in person at 930 or 11 o'clock here at Monclova Road.